Hey guys, before we get started, we have a very special guest with us today. It is Griff First, the director of Ghost Shark, and our listeners know Matt and I love us some Ghost Shark, but before we get into it, follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at LaunchpadPod, and our website, LaunchpadPod.com. Now, before we waste any more time, let's get on with the show. Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. All right. Welcome to the Launchpad Podcast. I'm Aaron. I'm Matt, and I'm like, one of the more excited of all the fucking people that we've talked to on this show. I'm like pretty fucking excited about this this episode. Well, we have a special guest in the Launchpad podcast, and he has directed one of the Launchpad's favorite shark movies, Ghost Shark. Griff first, welcome to the Launchpad. Thanks for being here. Thank you, guys. I'm, I'm so glad that you love this movie <laughs> and that it found it found an audience. I don't get to talk about it too much because I'm always thinking about the next thing. But uh, thanks. Thanks for having me. I can't wait to hear what you guys love about it and talk about it because I haven't revisited this picture of my brain in... How long has it been? I don't know. 2013. Maybe. Is the, 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 the 2013, yeah. yeah. So eight years. Yeah, so if you want to hear everything that we liked about it, the time frame that I quoted you earlier is going to be way too short. This is going to be like a, a marathon thing. <laughs> well, well, to start off, I mean, there's no bones about it. It's a low-budget shark film. I mean, it is. that's exactly what it is. And it, it was a made-for-TV movie, right? You made it for sci-fi? We did make it for sci-fi, yeah. So what happened was I was... Uh, I was an employee of a company doing like creative development and directing some of their pictures and writing some of their pictures. And we would go to New York and, and pitch the executives at sci-fi channel, these ideas. I had come up uh, with this idea for ghost shark. It was just a one paragraph thing, which ultimately ended up being exactly what the story was. But the, <laughs> the people I was working for, they're like, no, that's too goofy and that's stupid and don't go for it. So we go to New York and we pitch these other sci-fi channel movies and they all bombed so it was like 10 pitches that we had decided that we were going to pitch they didn't like any of them and so we were like packing up our folders and leaving the room and i just turned around and i said what about ghost shark <laughs> and they kind of sat forward and they're like yeah yeah and then the person i was working with looked at me like what the fuck are you doing <laughs> but they wanted it and so that's that's how it came about it was based off of just one paragraph of some goofy idea i had but then they, uh, they ended up responding to it and thinking it was for them. And then we, uh, we went from there. Take a step back from even that pitch. That idea, the one-liner for this movie, which it, everybody I'm sure knows what we're talking about, but we'll jump into it. It's a shark that gets murdered and then his ghost comes back for revenge. That's the gist <laughs> of the movie. But that one-liner, it sounds like something that like he and I would be in line at the drive-thru and be like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if... And then we would say it and then be like, yeah, but wait, then you could have a scene where this and it would like, then we'd be like, wait, we can actually visualize this as a movie. How did this idea develop for you? Well, it actually, it, it originated with, I can't, I don't think I could take credit for the inception of the idea because there's a, there's a, uh, a guy, a friend of mine, his name is Scott Foy, uh, and he writes for Dread Central. In addition to writing for Dread Central, he programs for his local station in Mississippi. So all he does is watch movies and television all day. And he's like an encyclopedia and he's constantly hitting me with just these like log lines of these crazy ideas. And they're all pretty brilliant. <laughs> and so the log line actually started with him. Then we, we ran with that from there. But the reason why the company I was working for didn't want to pitch it is because they wanted to pitch serious sci-fi movies. But I was, <laughs> I was under the thinking, I'm like, we don't have enough money to make 
Transformers or Michael Bay movie. So it has to be funny and it has to be a comedy. And that's if I was going to continue making those kind of matinee Saturday night movies for them. I'm like, I got to be able to make them funny or else it's just not worth it. Well, and that's what makes it fun. But the best part about it is everyone in the movie is taking it very serious. You have to. That to me (laughs) is what makes the funny parts funny because what separates you? Because people are like, you guys like shark horror movies. And we're like, yeah, oh, you must like Sharknado. It's fine. But Sharknado is like, hey, guys, here's something real funny. And how cheesy. fucking clever are we? Yeah, you should like it. And they did yeah. a good job with what it was. But Ghost Shark didn't pretend to be something it wasn't. Ghost Shark came at you with, here's a dead shark who's a ghost now. And he can appear in any body of water and kill you. And everyone in the movie takes that as seriously as possible. And one of the things in most horror movies is the authority figures are idiots. Everyone in your movie is actually handling it pretty damn well, as best as you could with a ghost shark. That's a good observation that I didn't realize, but you're right. There's no like, oh, you're just stupid kids. They're like, all right, tell us more about this ghost shark. What what else do you think? They actually, they, the mayor and, a, and the sheriff go out to try to find that shit. Like they start to like, they take an active role in researching the problem, right? So how did those characters come about? To your first point, I think in all comedy and the best comedy always works when you play it for keep. So that was an initial conversation we had about this picture was that like the actors were like, are we playing it campy? It's like, no, it's comedy is only funny if you're playing it a hundred percent dead serious around this goofy idea. Otherwise it's just, it's, it's just too cheesy. But so if they're playing it serious, then it's, then it becomes really funny. As a director, did you have to like remind them? No, 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 not campy. Do that again. But remember this is serious. No, because it was a conversation we had before we even started rolling in prep. It's like they would read the script and be like, well, how, how are we playing this? And it was a pretty, it's a pretty easy direction to follow. So I'm like, no, play it for keeps, 100%. And then they just, they just went with it. And they did you know, what, what they did, broadly speaking. It's like, of course, we carved and, and tweaked the scenes as necessary. But the, they, they all took that note and ran with it 100%. That's awesome. Again, for a movie of that ilk, Everybody plays their part well. And again, like I said, the kids are good and the town members, the mayor, the sheriff. I I love they're all fun characters. They all work really well within it. I watched another shark movie that I'll name later, possibly, but not (laughs) the same caliber as Ghost Shark. And they were characters shooting guns. And I didn't believe that they were actually I, I had trouble believing they were even holding the weapons that they were holding because they clearly were people who were walking by and they were like, hey, shoot this gun, pretend that there's a monster shark over there. And there was just this like mom, like just think of a mom shooting a gun with like a, like a a slight smirk. Like as if she was like, this will be fun to tell the kids about pop, pop, pop. (laughs) Where did you film this? Mm. Uh, That was shot entirely in, uh, in new Orleans. Okay. And it's a small town. You were like on the ocean there, right? Well, there's a the, in New Orleans on the North Shore. There's like a little 200 yard stretch of beach called Fountain Blue, where I think they brought in the sand and everything. And so we just we played that for all of our beach sequences. Okay. And was the town like open to it? Were they like cool? You're making a movie, or they didn't like you guys being there? Oh no, hundred percent. They that's that's what I love shooting about Louisiana is they're not jaded at all to film productions. They're super cool. And they're, they're welcoming and inviting. Like we shot that sequence in their, their maritime museum yeah. there, and they had no questions about us flooding the museum. They're like, you want to flood the museum? Cool. <laughs> didn't, didn't ask how we were going to do it, how we were going to clean up 
of course we had that all figured out already for them. Uh, but like if you if you're to shoot in LA or something, it's like they would have a million questions. Do you think that it, the fact that it was a maritime museum, they were on board? Like if it was not a water related museum, they may have had more. <laughs> Like if it was a paper museum or some shit like that, they'd be like, well... Yeah, like some ancient artifact yeah, museum. They're yeah, like, they're well, like, well... They might have a little more of a problem with it. So to tell our listeners who haven't seen it, there's a scene where the characters are trying to find information about why the ghost shark is a ghost. And they think the answer is at the Maritime <laughs> Museum. And they go and uh, somebody throws a cigarette in the trash can. It sets off the fire extinguishers and the sprinkler system. And the ghost shark comes up in the flooded museum and starts chewing people up eating people in half, killing people. But so it's in a real museum. Cause that to me, like there's so much production value in there. I'm like, they either built this or they flooded a real place. And to find out that it was a real place, how did you protect the museum? Did you throw tarps down? What was it? Yeah. What we ended up doing is, which was quite a feat when you have no money to make a movie, yeah. but we built a box that, that mirrored the architecture of the building or just the walls. Um, so we built a box, I think about three feet high, and then we laid a uh, visqueen and it basically created like a, like a homemade pool right. to protect it. And then we covered, I think we ended up hiding it with like little flats. And so what we flooded was actually a pool that we had built to be the exact same shape as the hallway. It reads yeah. and it, it, it totally works. My favorite thing about the whole scene, I just rewatched it last night for the umpteenth time, is the curator, yeah. when the water starts coming down, the curator goes, oh, the artifacts. And to me, I was like, you knew there was a sprinkler system, right? Like, what did you think? Like, you have fire or water. Those are your two choices in that situation. And he was like, oh, shit, the artifacts. Maritime <laughs> <laughs> artifact. <laughs> One of the coolest parts about this movie, and our, our fans will definitely know, you guys have probably seen it by now, but listeners, if you haven't checked it out, it's kind of hard to find. We'll talk about that in a minute, but if you can find it, watch it. it the, not only is it a ghost shark, but it has the power to appear in any body of water. And you guys came up with some amazing, not only gore scenes, but some really clever kills that kind of keeps the idea fresh. And my favorite thing is, so, uh, Mr. First, we do a movie night every Sunday night called Shitty Movie Sunday, affectionately called Shitty Movie Sunday. And Ghost Shark has been played during Shitty Movie Sunday at least three or four times since it How many was, people come to this event? Uh, on a regular night, five or six, but we've had like 15, 16. That's how it, you, before quarantine, nice. we would do, actually with quarantine now, we're at usually about eight or nine and we'll, we'll stream it now in a group. My wife, who I've been married to for nine years, since we moved in together, has stopped coming to Shitty Movie Sunday because I'm the only cool thing that she likes. <laughs> shark, <laughs> shark Shitty Movies are the only ones that she will sit down begrudgingly and watch. She loves this movie and she, yeah. she, Rumi, you've seen it. She explains yeah. this movie like I explain all of the shit that I love. And she explains that my favorite part is when she goes and the climax happens and then she puts her hands down and goes, in the rain. <laughs> and the shark just keeps appearing in the sky and falling down with raindrops. And it's fucking amazing. And to watch my wife, who just could give a shit about any of this stuff, she gets so excited about explaining that. She goes, in the rain. <laughs> Can we talk about some of these gimmicks? How did some of these come about? Like, let's start with the slip and, like, the slip and slide, the cup of water. What's a good one that you remember coming up with that you're like, this is going to be cool? I mean, we had so, so many and so many more than even made it into the picture. We, <gasps> before we even wrote the script, because sci-fi was all about like the gags at the time, 
they've since changed. They don't make these movies at all anymore, but they were so about the gags that in addition, like they wanted to see what the general premise of is of the story. And then what the cool shit you were going to do with that premise. So we came up with like just pages and pages of these gags. And then they would approve them be like, yeah, this is cool. Do the slip and slide, do the, the guy drinking the cup of water and then we would just use that and then build him into the movie it was so good is there one that you shot that didn't make the cut there was actually we, we shot one with my wife who we've also been married for nine years in the rain <laughs> <laughs> not in the rain this one it was at the pool party and she was one of the, the people in the pool mm-hmm. and she had this thing where she got out of the because the shark appears in the pool and she got out of the pool and ran and then fell in a like a jello wrestling <laughs> tank and then the shark came out of the jello and we shot that we actually shot that but we ended up cutting it because it was just it was probably the weakest of the gags in the whole movie <laughs> just the way that it was executed because we ran out of time mm. and we were trying to do it quick and we didn't have enough jello it's like it's it's so hard to make a full pool full of jello we yeah. had refrigerators filled up it looked like a bunch of jello and then when we poured it into the pool it wasn't quite enough jello i actually tried oh. that once and i was in the grocery store doing the math and I realized I would have to buy like $350 worth of Jello to fill my parents' jacuzzi. And I was like, I was at high school at the time. I was like, this is not worth the joke that I'm trying to do here. No, and it wasn't worth the gag that we were trying to film. It's the same thing. I think we spent like I think we spent like two fifty on Jello. Oh no, you got that's, like that's, that. that was a problem right there. And it wasn't enough. <laughs> yeah, and we're just talking about a kiddie pool, and it still wasn't enough. And my wife was pissed because. She not only did she follow the jello to get the shot, but she made all the jello herself. (laughs) So she was in the kitchen for like 12 hours, just constantly making jello. Then she got put in it, and then it wasn't even a movie, but she forgives me. Does she still get Uh, like a jello wrangler credit or something in the film? She's still she's still in the movie, so she gets it, but not as the jello wrangler, no. The jello technique. And on top of it, the pool, like the pools in Louisiana, they don't have heaters. We could not find a pool with a heater, and we shot this thing in in the winter of some time. Yeah. So all those extras, including my wife, were all freezing their ass off oh, the entire day. So, shit. but it was a good day. We had, we had a lot of fun that day, despite <laughs> that has one things. of my favorite lines in the movie. The guy says, uh, <laughs> the kid whose house is, a, he's like, you're messing up my party. And this asshole goes, yeah, I'm messing up your party. And now I'm doing a gainer at your party and does it like a flip into the pool and the shark comes out and bites him. I thought that was so funny. And that's awesome. Cause that's actually one of the first times that we really understand that the shark can be in any pool of water because it's hinted really early that he comes out of a bucket of water but at first viewing you might not really get what they're doing because it's it's an implied thing but when he jumps out of the pool you're like oh fuck that shark that ghost shark was in the pool (laughs) i have a list of all the deaths i think i got them all do you want me to talk about favorites i mean the guy drinking the cup of water is one of the coolest kills set that up Rumi. say tell what that is so the sheriff and the mayor finally are like, okay, we've seen video of the shark eating somebody at my pool. So they can't deny it, but they don't know how to breach it to the public, which is a scene you never think about in all the horror movies you've ever seen. Nobody's like, shit, we have an undead dream killer killing our children. How do we broach that subject with the public? They just ignore it and pretend it doesn't happen. Fuck those kids. Those kids are being kids. I don't trust them. Yeah, Even though my, my daughter's blood is smeared up over the ceiling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Her boyfriend is just a puddle. Dripping yeah, throw them in jail. Yeah. That'll solve that. But in Ghost Shark, they see the video, so they believe it. And they're trying to figure out, and the mayor's assistant drinks from a cup of water that's glowing. And he starts shaking around, and he's like acting all crazy and spazzing out. And they're looking at him like, what's wrong with you? And then he splits in half, and the shark comes out from the split halves and goes, nom, 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 nom. And then like dissipates, and the guy 
corpse falls in two pieces on the floor. That is so great. It's so fun. It's like that perfect line between cheesy but awesome and gory. Oh, it's beautiful gore effects, beautiful effects, and then the two guys' reaction is fucking great. They're sitting they at the table at like, watching yeah. it. <laughs> what the fuck? Yes. Yeah, that's probably my favorite. That's probably my favorite thing too. I mean, we we obviously planned that sequence because we had to build the piece yeah. to make the end of it happen, and it was scripted as such. Uh, but the actor, his name is Michael White, is an incredible stage actor. I forget. I think my casting director found him, but he he, he had this really deep theater background. He's an incredible actor. And uh, we got to that scene. I asked him if he knew what he wanted to do. And he said, yeah. And I think we did one take because it was just so funny. Mm-hmm. And we watched playback and made sure it was all in focus and everything. And we're like, cool, that's it. Because it was just so, so funny. And yeah, he just did it in one take. And that was all, all the actor. He just took the script. That's what he, uh, that's what he imagined when he read it. <laughs> that's what he did. I think that's like the all in moment for the movie. Like when, you're, when you've made it that far and you're having a good time, when that happens, you're like, all right, I understand this completely. I know where we're going. I know how we're getting there. This is going to be a fun ride. And I think at least when we watched it, as, every time we watched it as a group, that's the point where anyone who hasn't seen it is just like, all right, put my seatbelt on. I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. Oh, and everybody cheers at that point, too. That's the moment that everybody goes, whoa, because it's, it's the goriest <laughs> of the kills. And it's the most ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. and so awesome. Who made the puppet pieces like the half body? Yeah. So we they have a Jaws Fest. Up in uh, in Maine, uh, where do they shoot Jaws again? Martha's Vineyard. Martha's Vineyard. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. So uh, in Martha's Vineyard, they have this Jaws festival every year, mm-hmm. and there's this guy. His name is escaping me right now. A really cool guy though, and he builds these Bruce replicas for this festival. And we found him online, and we wrote him. We told him what we're doing, and we said, "Dude, can you build us a Bruce replica?" And we talked about our budget, and he's like, "Well, for that much money, I can build you. I think it was eight feet. I can build you an eight foot replica." that shark but having done several of these small movies it's very hard to manage a practical shark on set when you have 15 days to shoot a movie it's insane mm-hmm. yeah so what our concept was was we just shot the whole thing like it was cgi but there's no there's not a single 3d shark in the entire movie it's all practical yeah just composited in so we set up the shots and left room for the shark shark like it was a 3d shark but then after the like two weeks after the sh- the, the shoot we got all our footage and shot this eight foot Bruce replica on a green screen with like a live composite thing going on. So we could see where the, uh, where the shark was in relation to the actors. Mm, great. And so that's how all that stuff worked out. It worked. And there was a couple other builds like the guy splitting in half. Like, I think that was like some additional build, but it was mainly just that, that Bruce replica. I think the fact that your shark is a ghost helps you more than the average movie like this, because you watch a shark movie and you're like, that looks like a fake shark. That looks like a cartoon. That looks like it's CG. That looks like a puppet. Yours is a ghost. So the fact that like we're already giving you that this is a spectral shark. So when we see it, and it actually looks really good, and I think you made a great judgment call by doing a practical thing and compositing that in as opposed to doing a digital thing, because I think at least your target audience appreciates that kind of stuff and that look more. But I think the fact that it's like a luminous glowing shark for most of the movie works in your favor for selling it like selling the concept yeah absolutely yeah it helps you it helps you get away with it and i was i'm always opposed to digital sharks now i've seen recently they look fucking amazing but back even back in 2013 even big budget stuff with digital sharks just didn't look real so it's like well you had to use practical back then if you wanted it to look really good even though it looks ridiculous on purpose. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, it's supposed to be ridiculous. 
but I wanted it to, to look good ridiculous. Yeah, it works for the movie. It It is true to the brand of what Ghost Shark is. What was the sound that Ghost Shark makes? He makes a weird little... Like ghost <laughs> noise. Do you remember what that was? Jesus. I don't. I don't remember at all. Okay. I don't. But I, I love that whole process. So I'm sure it's layers and layers of all kinds of weird effects, helicopters and dinosaurs and all kinds of shit. <laughs> That's how it usually goes, right? <laughs> Let's talk about something that we <laughs> on this show love to talk about, and that's when movies kill kids. Yeah, we like when movies don't shy away from killing kids. And you kill at least three children in this movie. One is a big fat ginger, so thanks for that. Kid is a kid jumping, running down a sl- and it's a slip and slide that has like a little shark mouth on it, so you're already setting that visual up. And a couple kids go through, one kid jumps, and as he's about to enter that mouth, the ghost shark comes the opposite way on the slip and slide and just pushes him out of frame. So we know he gets killed, but we don't really see anything. He gets eaten. Then later on, there are some kids jumping in and out of a fire hydrant that's spraying yeah. water. And They're some of our kids. Yeah, too. yeah. So no shirts on. And some of our protagonists are like, you got to get out of here. There's a ghost shark. And this kid looks at him and is like, he goes, I want some of what y'all smoking. And he's like, no, you don't understand ghost shark. And they chase the kids away. But then as they're leaving, they see there's like a splash of water coming from the hydrant on the ground. And two kids are walking through it. And ghost shark just whoop, goes right through. And the gimmick that you guys love doing in this movie, so many people get cut in half at the waist, so only their legs are left. Because isn't that exactly what happens when you get bit by a I shark? I think so. Clean cut, right? Half, <laughs> but I right? love these kids get cut. Two kids, and they're young. They're they're under ten years old. I think they get the top halves get cut off, and their legs are still dancing around with like a bone sticking up. It's amazing. Is that something that sci-fi didn't care about or gave you notes on or you just sold them on it? Like, how, how do we kill those kids in that movie? The slip and slide thing, I think, was scripted. Mm-hmm. And then the second one, which is the more gory one, yeah. I think that was an on the day kind of a decision. Like, I don't even remember how that scene came about, but I don't think that was part of the original original pitch. And you decided, well, that's I mean, that's a scene that and I, like Rumi and I do that all the time where we'll watch a movie and like everyone gets killed except the kid or the kid's okay or the kid hides or the kid gets knocked over and you're like no he would have got hit too three kids I'm, I'm i would use like if it was a serious movie i'd be opposed to killing the kid too probably just like i'd be opposed to killing the dog unless it was for a specific reason but i mean it's like it's like a pg comedy it's got, that's it. so it's like that's even it, though it right. is a little bloody it's like yeah. You're right. It's got to be funny. I don't think it's going to scare anybody. Yeah. Because you're laughing at those moments. If you, you know, I agree. And I think, I guess we should say that if you're not supposed to laugh at the kid's death, Rumi and I are not as interested in it. We don't just want to see. You <laughs> exactly. Know, yeah. Not, it's like, not, it's so cartoony. It's yeah, like, that's it. When you're yeah. laughing, we're not cheering at the red coat in Schindler's list, but we want to see. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Although if that little girl was on a slip and slide <laughs> and a ghost shark came by. <laughs> It wasn't offensive enough. Nobody ever told me to cut it. Not, That's not amazing. Not the network That's cool. or the other producers or anything. Yeah, which is surprising now thinking about it because it's something they usually be opposed to, but nobody said anything. I think it's because it's just so transparently goofy. It is great, especially with the little bone sticking out. Yeah, yeah the bone sticking yeah. out is my favorite part. <laughs> so there's another kid in this movie who you see him, he runs out, he's got a bucket of something and he throws a bucket of mud onto this like red car <laughs> and hops in and drives away and you're like, what is going on? And it's a kid and then kid, you suddenly, he's not a teenager. It's a, 
it's a little kid. Yeah, he's not old enough to be driving it. But then you see he's driven to like this bikini car wash where these like high school girls are doing a fundraiser. And he's doing it just to like be in the car while the chicks are cleaning the car. And then Ghost Ark shows up and starts killing him and blood spraying on the windshield. And the kid's crying. And by the way, Matt, that is you. I was going to say that's you. I I wish I was that fucking smart when I was younger. Like, I wish I was smart enough to be like, I mean, it's really a genius idea. And all you need is car car and mud, right? But that kid has the weirdest fear boner right now. He's like totally ruined for life. That's true. His, his sex life is going to be fucked. Like, like. Yeah, you guys are reminding me of all because when you start talking about a kid with a bucket of mud, I had no idea what you were talking about. But now <laughs> I get it. It's a, I, I really do need to see this movie again. It's fun, man. The car wash scene is great because you're you're in the car with the kid and these these girls are, are washing the car and everything, and all of a sudden they start getting pulled down out of frame, and you're looking through the car window, and then blood splashes up. Reaction of the kid. You keep seeing these girls get pulled down. Then he looks out the window and there's like a, a big bucket that had soapy water in it. And there's a girl in there with her legs just kicking out. And you hear the ghost shark. Yeah. Amazing. Yes. It's so fucking. Yes. Cool. It's all coming back to me now. Yeah. <laughs> so you shoot a couple times on a boat. The movie opens on a boat. There are a bunch of people hunting for the shark. And then later on, the sheriff and the, the mayor on the boat. Is it hard to shoot on a boat? Like practically? Yeah, it's a pain in the ass, but we've um, I've somehow had to deal with boats on so many occasions that we have a really, really good system down uh, and there's ways to manage it for sure. But we we did have trouble on that show. We were on because that lighthouse in the movie is actually on an island Oh, um, and the waters get choppy every night, like around 5 p.m. And I think we had some night shoots on that on that lighthouse. So when we were scouting that location, myself, the director of photography and the A.D., went out there and actually have a great video uh, that we took. And it was with some location scout we never used before. He took us out there on this little tinny boat. The water came in and sunk his boat. (laughs) And so we were stranded on an island, which is just like infested with snakes. And we had to call the police. And then the police came out and got us and took us out. And that boat went to the bottom of the lake. (laughs) And then when we were shooting, same thing happened. We were shooting there all day. But this time we had a full crew with us. And the waters got really, really choppy. And we had to like do this emergency evacuation of the island. But we only had, I think, two boats. So we'd have to make trips back and forth. And it was like a 20-minute boat ride from the lighthouse back to the shore. And (laughs) so we didn't have time to make two trips because the weather was getting too hairy. So we ended up taking this boat out to the middle of the lake in New Orleans where there was an abandoned piece of freeway from Katrina. So there was the, and we dropped the crew and the cast off on this abandoned piece of freeway to get them off the <laughs> island because the island was flooding. And so the entire crew was on a piece of freeway in the middle of the pontoon train where we had to wait for the police to come get us again. That is one of those things. I don't know if we've mentioned it. Rumi does visual effects. I used to do practical effects. So we've been on those shoots where you have those moments that are like, I guess it defines how, like, what category in your brain you put that movie. Was that a fun ass shoot with all these crazy hijinks? Or was that a shoot where you were fucking stranded on a chunk of Katrina Highway? You know, like it depends on it was, how you. Feel. It was both. <laughs> it was it was both because even though, even though it was a hectic night, everybody got to work together. We kept it really safe and got to the freeway, and we were all on that freeway, pitch black, in the middle of the night. How big is this chunk of freeway? Pretty big. I mean, it was like uh, it was. I think it was a project that got started, like a new bridge in New Orleans, and then the construction was abandoned. 
So, it, but it, it wasn't, it wasn't huge. It was like, uh, I don't know, probably like a 50 yard stretch of freeway. Okay, yeah. So like you weren't like but falling just by off itself. of it, but yeah, you were on like a little. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was like a level in a safe. video game. And, <laughs> and Richard, Richard Mole, who was playing, um, the lighthouse caretaker. Yeah. Like he did, uh, he did like these renditions of Shakespeare for the whole crew. And it was like, it was actually like a really fun experience for everyone considering how weird it was to have to evacuate to a floating piece of freeway and be stranded there. Oh my um, gosh. How long were you stuck? So was it? Yeah. Well, I'm probably like an hour and a half. Okay, man. <laughs> but that's, that's still nerve wracking. Yeah, it, it was, but it's like, nobody felt like they were in danger. Right, right. And uh, right. it was, everybody was having so much fun that we just, we made the best of it. It was memorable. When you were on that island, you didn't kill any of those snakes, right? No, no. We have a snake wrangler. We have we have a dude with shovels who just goes and scares the snakes back into the water. I just don't want you becoming a victim of ghost snake. <laughs> <laughs> Good looking out. Um, and I'm also like imagining a guy with a shovel being like, "Get out of here, go, go!" Like just not using the shovel, just kind of brandishing it. Uh, go. That's what he does. Yeah, he goes, "Yeah!" But he's, he's super southern, so he's like, "Yeah, yeah." yeah. <laughs> Keep moving. <laughs> That's a. <snake. laughs> and I'm the snakes like indignantly move on, like with an eye roll, like they just don't want to deal with him. Ugh. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's like I thought I'd get a part of the movie. So that lighthouse <laughs> was it abandoned or was it a working lighthouse? I don't know what the hell it is. It's like yeah. it's pretty much the only lighthouse in that region, or even remotely close to that region. Right. And yeah, that we had to repair it because the inside get up to the top like the stairs had all come down but the structure itself was sound but no there's no light or anything in there it's just a it just looks like a lighthouse it's not actually functional just a tower because when you watch the movie anybody who opens the gate to go inside has to like hold it into the wall because it's, <laughs> the, the, the door is falling off the hinges the entire time the whole time every time somebody touches it you're like that door is not safe no, nobody's that's great yeah keeping it, anybody out yeah we had to go in there and build a bunch of stuff to just get it into that shape it was like it was not habitable by any means and we had to go and like shore up the stairs and make it possible to get up there and it was yeah it was a it's a weird lighthouse but it looks it looks cool on camera it looks super cool it's definitely red that cave the cave that the ghost swims into to when he dies and becomes a ghost shark where was that cave set because that that definitely wasn't in the same location (laughs) yeah that was uh right i know it was written like to be it was written like new england or something yeah but it's flat as hell where we were shooting. So <laughs> it was three pieces. We built like a exterior, right? Just like an arc with no interior, just to set up so people could enter in and out. And then we had like this small foam piece of interior for the beach. But most of that shit was shot uh, at the 13th gate in Baton Rouge, which the 13th gate is this really cool haunted house. And they have this whole cave section. Oh. And so they let us go in there and shoot in their haunted house. That's amazing. Cause that, that yeah, looks legit. I thought I thought it was part of the museum that you shot the yeah. maritime thing in. <laughs> it was people haunted, right? The ghosts inhabiting the haunted house were people, not not sharks. It wasn't a ghost shark haunted house. It wasn't. They should have. They should add a ghost shark section to that haunted house. <laughs> they so they do. Better, maybe they do now. That'd be amazing. everything I did for them. There was a there's a prop in it. This this magical book. It's a grimoire, as they say, and it has all these like tomes and pictures in it. And they flip through the pages. Somebody had to write that book. Who who made that book and wrote all the little scribbles and drew oh, all the yeah. little pic- pictures? I think I know what it was. There was um, there was another movie. It was borrowed from another movie. It was a prop borrowed from an H.P. Lovecraft movie. Okay, 
So they didn't make it specifically for this movie. They took it from <laughs> the H.P. Lovecraft movie. <laughs> so this is some nep- Necronomicon knockoff. It was the Necronomicon. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So it's in the world of something else then. It's part of a, a ghost shark is Ooh. part of a larger universe then, right? Yes. Yeah, totally. He's part of the Cthulhu <laughs> mythos. I love it. It is. You clearly know what this movie is, right? You know that this is one of those movies that like it walks the line of of having fun, but also being entertaining and telling a real story. It doesn't lean in too deep, like we said, like Sharknado and stuff. It's just a fun ride. But I feel that even if you know that, which clearly you do, I think it would be really hard to make a shark movie that's not in the shadow of Jaws. So when you're making this movie, there's clearly a lot of homages to Jaws. There's a lot of dialogue references and stuff. Smile, you son of a bitch. Yeah, there's so many that are verbalized. As a director and as a writer of this film, how much of Jaws is in your mind while you're working on this, whether it's in pre-pro or actually shooting or even post? Well, I mean, Jaws is always going to be in my mind because it's like one of my favorite movies when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Like I have this, uh, my, my birthday cake for my four-year-old birthday is Jaws eating a Barbie. So it's like, clearly oh, I was amazing. super... Get out. Is, do you have a picture of that? I do have a picture of it somewhere. My mom has it. No. What? I, I don't want to give you. A I'll home- take a picture and send yeah, it to you. Say, I don't want to give you homework, but if you <laughs> could send us that, we would post the shit out of it. <laughs> I, I can get it for sure. Yeah. Damn. That's yeah, awesome. I should, I should post that as well. But I mean, I've always been such a huge fan of, uh, of Jaws. So when I, I mean, this is, I probably made, I want to say six shark movies. So when I had my first, when the first one was offered to me, I was like so excited to make a shark movie because I loved shark movies and this it was before there was millions of shark movies at that time there was only dozens of shark movies yeah but at the point we got to shooting this one there were so many shark movies that i'll still always think of jaws the first time i think of a shark movie but it was just like at that point it was just like okay well then how do i make this worthwhile and it's like our whole our whole team they're all super pros like my dp shoots a lethal weapon for fox and it's like everybody is like legit filmmakers so it's like okay well how can i take a group of like actual filmmakers and make something that's funny and like fun to work on. So I don't, I don't know if that answers, answers the questions, but yes, fucking love Jaws and always try to pay homage to that. Cause it's like the granddaddy of shark movies. But then I, I just don't think you can make a movie for $500,000. Seriously, a shark movie, right. seri- unless it's like open water or new idea. Sure. Right, 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 yeah. right, right. A Blair witchy and take on it where you're minimalizing and yeah. Yeah. You can do that, but it's like, that wasn't the parameters. The parameters are like make a big, shark movie with lots of gags and lots of deaths. It's like, okay, cool. Then it's going to be a hybrid comedy. Like you mentioned, you made a handful of shark films. I just recently watched Trailer Park Shark, which was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Ghost Shark's still my favorite, but it was a lot of fun. Have you seen Atomic Shark? No. Is that another one of yours? Yes. So these are all kind of in a trilogy. We did Ghost Shark, Atomic Shark, Trailer Park Shark. And then the last one I did was called Nightmare Shark, which took the cast from the other movies and put them all together in a therapy group we've seen that one at shark Survivor sunday for sure uh, okay good good so Rumi, nightmare shark is i would recommend i haven't seen atomic shark but obviously now i will but nightmare you're shark like is atomic shark is probably closely is probably most closely related Ghost to Ghost shark, shark yeah. in terms of like tone yeah it's like it's a, it's the exact same thing it's like it's just a comedy with a shark and there's some really good really good gimmicks and gags in that one too i'll have to check that Ghost out shark it's, is ghost shark but this is a fun one. it's yeah. hard to sift through it like you said now there's thousands there's so many bad shark movies out because what it takes a plastic fin and some cgi sharks and you can make a shark movie or quote unquote make a shark movie but like 
it takes character and it takes heart and it takes story. You have to be clever to make a good shark movie. And I think Ghost Shark definitely hit on all those cylinders. And, and I'm excited to check out these other ones. Trailer Park Shark was a lot of fun. And I actually play a role-playing game called Trailer Park Shark Attack, which is, uh, it's like Dungeons and Dragons, but you're in a flooded trailer park and it's all these ridiculous characters fighting off sharks. And I think they borrowed heavily from that movie as well as other... Like, oh, good. I was going to say, did that happen before or after the movie? I don't know. Um, I'm not sure. I have to check that because I was trying to figure that out myself, but I think probably right after the movie, the guy who wrote it loves shark movies. There's a shark to puss in the game that you can fight and you know the whole thing oh, is that's just funny. A, a flooded trailer park and you fight <laughs> sharks. It's hilarious. It's a fun genre and like Matt said, it's hard to get away from Jaws, but when you can become unique enough to stand out on your own, I, I think it. I think it works. One of my questions about Ghost Shark is why can't we find it anywhere? Anywhere? <laughs> yeah. Why is it so hard to get a hold of? No, I I don't know. I don't I don't own that movie. I was just hired to write and direct it. Okay. I haven't even tried to find it, and but I'm glad you guys like it. it. I'm only aware that people really like this movie. About three years ago, somebody sent me a link from Blumhouse's website where they said their top ten shark movies, and then they had several links just loving on Ghost Shark. I was like, wow, that's cool. I had no idea. And then I started Googling. I was like, well, people really do like this movie. Who knew? I didn't know. And then more people keep sending me shit. I was like, cool. I'm glad somebody appreciated it because we did, we did try to do what people seem to appreciate it for. So I'm glad that people are finding it. Well, to wrap things up, I might do a little homework. If we can track down who has the rights and we get a DVD release of it, do you want to come on and do, the, do a commentary, a, a director's commentary with us? Sure. I would be good to see it again. I literally, because when I do a movie, I think I edited that movie too. It's like by the time I've written, directed and edited the thing, I don't watch it anymore. I'm like, I'm done Yeah, because I've seen it 200 times now. So oh. it's like, I haven't, I haven't watched a frame of that movie. It all just blends into one giant shark nightmare. Because <laughs> we were so excited to talk to you about specifically Ghost Shark. You're actually an actor who's done a shit ton of acting yeah. and you've written a bunch and you've directed a bunch. We could have you on for any one or numerous areas of your career. And I thought we would at least like mention that so people know you didn't just direct this one shark movie. If you guys check him out on IMDb, there's a ton of shit. If you Google him, there's a ton of shit. He's been in and written and directed so much stuff. But start with Ghost Shark because it's, I mean, it's so <laughs> Before we let you go, I have a little game if you would be up for playing. I think you're going to be the hardest person to trick we've actually played this game with carl gottlieb who is the screenwriter of jaws we have some real shark movies with their either log lines or quick plot summaries and we have some that we made up so if we read one to you you think you could try to guess if it's a real movie or a <laughs> there's movie? so many of them but i will try yeah. all right let's see i would love to see carl gottlieb's answers he did not enjoy the game. He was polite. I think you'll enjoy it more. But there's actually some on this list of the real movies that you were involved with, so I can't do that. All right, how about this one? Raiders of the Lost Shark. That's a real movie. It is a real movie. A weaponized shark programmed to hunt humans terrorizes four friends vacationing on an island. And oh yeah, the shark can fly. It is abysmally terrible, but like a train wreck, you can't look away. Jaws of Death. A uh, brooding loner accidentally learns that he has a telepathic and emotional connection with sharks. He sets out to destroy anybody who harms sharks using an amulet from a Filipino shaman. People enter into that sounds <laughs> people enter into his world, and he uses the shark to get revenge on anybody he considers a threat. 
That sounds fucking terrible, so I hope it's not real. <laughs> it is real. It's called Mako the Jaws of Death, and it is terrible. It's such a cool idea. Like, in your hands, it, it, he has this talisman, and it allows him... It says telepathically, but he fucking just talks to the sharks, and he calls them by first name. And shit happens. He he does... There are some cool scenes of him revenging and killing people either as... But a, it's serious. Oh, straight serious. Very serious. Yeah. I've heard of the title. Yeah, it, it, it's it, it's on. I've seen it on street. Is it older? Yeah, it's set 1976. When was it shot? I'm going to say 75, 76. Holy shit. It's, one, it's, <laughs> it's, it's definitely one of the, the quickest, you know, Jaws knockoffs. It has the bones of a good movie, just not bones sticking out of little kids' legs running around. That's what it was missing. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it was shot in 76, it was probably okay, because I mean, back then, you didn't have the tech. It, didn't, it wasn't easy to make a movie back then, so if you were actually making a movie, you kind of had to know what you were doing to a degree. Not that there wasn't Oh, as a film, it's definitely made. like the things yeah. happen and the characters and the locations, and it's really, like, it's visually interesting, and the actors are doing a good job and stuff, but it's definitely like, I want to see this movie where a guy is using sharks to kill people. And he also like, there's guys fucking with sharks. So he creeps, he scuba dives to their boat and then harpoons them and kills them and hangs them. And it's awesome. But there's like two scenes of that. And the rest is like him, blah, blah, blah. in it, it, two sharks and two people. It sets up too much and doesn't have a, a payoff. That's hard, but check those rights out. Cause I'd watch you. I watch your version of that shit in a second. <laughs> I'm 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 I have one other shark movie that I want to make, but other than that, I'm tired from shark movies. Oh, can can we get the pitch on that? What's the elevator pitch on that? Yeah, I can't because it's oh. it's uh, what a tease. There's too many, <laughs> but I will. You guys will be the first to know, but you'll love it. I might tell I might tell you confidentially. Oh, okay, okay. But it's a much much bigger budget. <laughs> Ooh, all right. Well, t- keep us posted. How about this one? This is one that I would watch like crazy. This is called. Weeding frenzy. Two stoners discover the key to growing a really potent crop, a fertile strip of land just offshore a small island. Green whites, a new breed of shark, patrol the waters, keeping narcs and mobsters at bay. But can the smoky bandits get to their crop before the sharks kill their buzz permanently? <laughs> nah, nah, that's not real. But tell me that, tell me that fucking asylum wouldn't make that movie in a heartbeat. Did you make that up, Ruby? Yeah. Yeah, and I'm, I'm super proud of you. Proud. I'm, <laughs> right? I'm proud of you because I would watch that movie too. <laughs> I don't know if Asylum would make it. I mean, somebody would make that movie. Somebody, yeah. So whoever, whoever the new Seth Rogen is, <laughs> wants to make that movie. Could be funny, but it's only funny if it's like a Seth Rogen joint. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's not. It's not funny if this Asylum makes it. Because it, yeah, no. Because they, if you watch a movie like uh, I don't know, Evil Bong, it's like their stoners are insufferable to watch right yeah yeah we we did a whole episode about characters that we just fucking can't stand and those stoner characters are definitely the bad stoner is the worst yeah oh oh man so so what are you working on now what can we look forward to from you oh i have a bunch of stuff coming up it's actually why i stopped see i love making shark movies they're always fun to make but i have a lot of stuff that i like to make so people would just call me and be like you make the shark movies, right? I'm like, it's not only what I do. <laughs> so I had to stop making shark movies. Get pigeonholed, yeah, or shark hold. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I quickly, it's like when I got enough of those calls, I'm like, fuck, okay, I can't make any more shark movies. I love making them. They're fun. Yeah. Uh, and I, I appreciate the subgenre as much as the next guy. But uh, so I have coming out, I just remade um, the Van Damme movie, Sudden Death. Oh, oh I love that, that movie. Of course I remember that movie. I love Van Damme. So I just re- I remade that one and that's coming out in, uh, I want to say it's October. Uh, it was supposed to come out for basketball season because it's basketball instead of hockey this time. Okay. 
but basketball season was canceled. And so they delayed the release. And then uh, I have tales from the hood three coming out in October. Nice. Oh, uh, nice. which I just produced. Yeah. So those are the next two. I have other stuff that I've already completed, but I don't know the release dates on. And then I have stuff in development. That's very exciting. Uh, but those two are coming out in the near future. Halloween. That's very cool, man. Um, cool. Where can people find you if they wanted to follow you or keep up with what you're doing? Online at Twitter at, at GE first, my Twitter handle or Instagram. I think it's the same thing on, on Instagram, but yeah, if, if you're, if your listeners follow me, I'll start tweeting more about sharks. <laughs> guys, right, guys, guys, right. listen, follow, follow. I want to see these tweets. They'll, they'll, they'll see my jaws, uh, my jaws birthday cake from when I was, this four. has been there a fun go. conversation, <laughs> but I just like <laughs> seeing that cake would be worth the entire, the entire zoom call. I got to go visit my mom today. So let me see if I, I, I mean, I think I last saw it a couple of years ago. So I just oh, got to find man. which book it's in. Did she make like, I'm assuming she made it. No, she was against it. My father made it. <laughs> Cause it was like, it was a shark. It was like a shark popping up out of the cake with a Barbie in it. And there was all kinds of red icing in it. Awesome. Amazing. And I loved it. My mom was totally against it, but my, that, that's just, and my look dad. at you oh, now. So good. <laughs> Yeah, he he didn't know it was influencing you so much to make a career out of making some awesome <laughs> shark movies. Guys, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Launchpad Pod and our website, launchpadpod.com. Chris, would you be down coming back talking about uh, maybe maybe something else next time? It seems like you you do so much cool stuff, but uh, we'd love to have yeah, you. Yeah, sure. You know, guys, hit me whenever. I've enjoyed it too. I'm not doing shit else in quarantine except, well, I am doing a lot, but I can, uh, I can take a break and talk to some people. We'd love it, man. Thank you so much. Rumi, you want to blast this thing off? Yeah. So, Mr. First, here's what we do. We have a secret handshake in the launch pad. We okay. start with your hand sideways. The three of us will come in with a swoosh. When we hit each other, we invert, and then we blast off with a raspberry. So it's turn and all the way up. So do I do it? Will you do the sound effect so I can focus on the movement? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll do the sound effect. We're ready. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> all right. Here we go. Three, two, one. <laughs> <laughs> Griff, thank you so much for being on the launch pad. This has been fun. Yeah. Good to see you guys. We're the Rocketeers, and we are out. Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one. Yeah, all engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff.